All right, in studio right now, Jay Moore. Yeah. What's up, man? man. Kissing. 92.3. Idaho country. You don't say the point anymore. Right? We do. But you guys do. Kissing 92.3. That's interesting because across the nation, yeah. when I did radio, it's like, we don't say 92.3 anymore, my man. It's 92.3. You just zip right through those numbers, my man. That's going to get more listeners. So when you came in, Program director you said that's the best logo you've ever seen, right? No doubt. I'm big logo guy, visual. I yeah. like visuals in the, the Kissing 92.3 Idaho country logo with the state of Idaho as just a rad guitar. It kind of looks like Bo Diddley's. It's like that square guitar. Hey, Mona. I so, dig it. So this was our old logo. Yeah, that's stupid. The Le- frog. Le- Leroy like. the Frog is an institution in this town, though. I'm not arguing with that. But I'm saying as far as logos go, a frog with a cowboy hat, that's probably going to get wet. Uh, or the actual state as an instrument to be yeah. a conduit for... The message from a like Buddy Guy is like a, a conduit. Like the mm-hmm. music passes through Buddy Guy, or you know that's that's a little better than a a guy from Frogger. So we changed our logo this a year ago this month. I feel like I've seen it before. So that's how great it is. I, it was entirely familiar to me. There was a mutiny in the building. I swear. Even I was I was kind of against it. Why? So I was blown away when you said you that's your love, favorite logo. You just love frogs. Well, <clears throat> I'm all about uh, nostalgia though. Uh, let's uh, let's go to our live to our town hall meeting. Uh, Kermit the Frog is speaking. Uh, hey, hey uh, Kermit the Frog here, kissing ninety two point three. Uh, don't change the damn logo, or we're going to set fire to your ass. Mm, uh, uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Idaho country. You know what it doesn't say is guitar on it. Hey, mm. Did you have to tap out of there? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I had to press the red button to make sure this doesn't go over the air. <laughs> Did you know, uh, speaking of Kermit the Frog, that I brought up on my own, sorry, you weren't speaking about it at all, I realized at a young age, I was like a, a kid, like a baby, toddlerish. I'm like, wait, Ernie and uh, Kermit are the same guy. They are. Uh, hey, Bert, uh, Kermit the Frog yeah. here at the uh, house, and Miss Piggy and Grover. So it's like three people do the whole show. Oh. So like, if the guy that does Kermit gets sick, there's no Ernie. Uh, right. It, there's no Elmo. Elmo's, whoever does Miss Piggy and... Uh... Isn't Family Guy the same way? Oh, yeah. So I mean, Seth, Seth does... does... almost everything. And right. then uh, Alex Bornstein does the mom, uh, Lois. Oh, Peter. And then, like, Ralph Garman comes in. He's like Charles Oakley. He just cleans the glass. Like, any loose ball, he just goes and gets <laughs> it and dunks it down for you. <laughs> so, hey, got a question. I was reading your bio, because, you know, they sent me all these prepared talking points here. But one thing that jumped out at me was... You don't make fun of the crowd when you do a comedy show. You well, know what? What's behind that? I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, and I was talking to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, it's 8 and 10. It's shows? 10 o'clock shows are the ones we have uh, tickets available yeah. for. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I, don't, I have to say that because whenever I ask the crowd a question, it, I'm in real time just speaking, and they get really uncomfortable. They look up at me like, uh, I just had a tooth pulled. Move it along. I'm on a date. Beat it. I didn't know I was wearing this shirt. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I don't make fun of the audience. That's not why I'm here. Like, I, got, I think I'm way too interesting. <laughs> I have way too many things to share with you guys. So if I ask you a question, I just want to know the answer. And I'll say that on stage Probably every single show, as a result of when I look down, I go, are you guys married? And they're like, oh, no. He's coming <laughs> to get us. He's moving towards us. Yeah. And I always say, like, you guys have jobs you hate. Every day you drive to a job you don't like. I don't know that feeling. 
I've never known that feeling of going to work like, damn, I hate this job. I'm going to the bathroom in the fish tank the second I get in there. They got to <laughs> fire me then, right? Like, I don't know that feeling. I, I drove to work going, damn, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, I know the feeling. Yes. Like, you, yeah. it shows on you. Like, you, you're happy. You're a happy person. So if somebody wants to spend their money to come see me as a relief from that, Right. I'm not going to put them on blast and go, what are you doing? What are you wearing? Wow. What's wrong with your face? Why do you have a tail? What nice right. hair? And I do a whole joke about it. You know, like guys go like, hey, what's your name? And the guy in the audience goes, Bob. How do you spell that? B-O-B? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What just happened? So I, I have another question. Okay. I love stories, by the way. So I'm hoping this is a story when I ask this. How did you get on Saturday Night Live? Were you discovered? Did, did you have to I do the stand-up circuit? I or? was the sixth caller. <laughs> NEWFM, New York, Scott Muni. Uh, I did stand-up comedy as my audition. It's a good question. My manager, Barry Katz, hey, boss, who looks exactly like Dirk Nowitzki. No way. Type in Barry Katz, hit enter, and you'll see Dirk Nowitzki's face. Like how Rob Polinka, the general manager of the Lakers, doesn't look like Rob Lowe. He is Rob Lowe. This guy? That's Dirk. That's yeah. Dirk. That does look like him. Yeah, that's uh, that's like a headshot. Like if you see him just walking around, he's and he's also six seven. How's he not picking up chicks with that hair right now? Uh, it's undeniable, man. <laughs> he had to sign. He was. Uh, I'll answer your question. He was having lunch with Dane Cook in Vegas at Dow Tau or whatever, and this guy comes up behind him and goes, "Hey, uh, hey, Dirk, I just got out of prison. Could you sign an autograph for my girlfriend?" And he goes, "I'm not Dirk Nowitzki. I'm sorry, man." And the guy goes, "Okay." Walks away. Guy circles back. They're alone. It's like the middle of the day, and they open the kitchen for Dane Cook, you know? And the guy comes back and goes, look, Dirk, I, I'm just trying to get back on my feet, man. I, I got this girl with me. She's smoking hot. It just All you got to do is just write your name. Here's the pen. He goes, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm just not Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> my name's Barry. So like 20 minutes go by, and Dane Cook's eyes get as big as saucers, and like, oh, no. And the guy from behind Barry puts him in a chokehold. Like some like Aryan nation, like this is how we yeah. take care of our business. And starts squeezing, goes, sign the paper. And Barry goes, you got it, man. <laughs> so Barry writes Dirk Nowitzki, doesn't know what number he is, goes to put the number, so instead he puts a happy face. Oh. <laughs> instead of 42, or 41, rather, he, he's like, uh, uh, like freaked out because the guy choked, the guy put him in a chokehold. Yeah. And he wrote Dirk Nowitzki, and then he put a happy face because he knew what number Dirk Nowitzki was. He put a happy face. <laughs> so he owned a comedy club in the village. Um, and so Saturday Night Live came to see comics, and because he was my manager, I got a sweet spot. Your best hitter hits third. I went up third. The air conditioning was broken that July night, and they left. Everybody, Marcy Klein, Ryan Soraki, and I don't, I'm not sure who else was there. Lauren was at a later time, but the Saturday Night, Saturday night Live people left this attic apartment uh, building. Like It was hot as whoosh. I went on third, and halfway through, the guy that went on fourth, out of 12 comics, they all left because they couldn't take it. Ooh. If I went on fifth, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Jeez. So who was ahead of you? I don't know. Who was behind you? No idea. Anybody notable? No idea. The no th idea. Thoroughbred don't know the other horses on yeah. the track, man. I don't know. 
Which leads to my next question. You probably get asked this all the time. So I, so What's that, it like week to week to work on Saturday Night Live? Uh, well, it's all, I wrote a book, so I didn't have to answer these questions. It's called Gasping for Airtime. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why does the monologue always suck? It's all in there. But right. specifically, your question. So then they liked me, and they wanted to see me again. So a couple nights later, I went to this place called Stand Up New York to do stand-up for Saturday Night Live. The odds of me getting the show are zero. It's, it's actually zero. First of all, I have to be born. Right? Right. If you want, my parent, my great-great-grandparents have to make love on another continent, and the baby has not die of the elements. Like, if you really want to go, what are the odds of me getting on Saturday Night Live and funnel it down right. to the moment? So I didn't get stressed out over it, and that's something my entire life I've just, I don't get stressed. I've been on airplanes that have lost engines, struck by lightning three times. I've been on helicopters with, where the engines went what? out. Oh, yeah. I You've just, been struck by lightning three times? No, the plane was oh. struck by lightning three times. I what, do I look like bacon? Standing. Hi, I'm Sizzaline. <laughs> uh, and I just don't, it's just, I don't know. I've never carried fear ever. You know, I don't know, whatever. So I went to the gym, and then I took the subway up from the gym to this comedy club on 77th and Broadway. And I was in sweatpants, a Stroudsburg wrestling camp of champs t-shirt. And I had like three beers at the bar. And everyone's like walking around with like their comedy shirts and their pressed pants and like their hair. They're like making their hair the way they need it to be on stage. Right. I'm like, these guys are jerks. Like, I'm going to just go up and be me, which apparently in 1992 is a revolutionary concept to just Holy go up and cow. be you. Yeah. So I did just every impression I could think of because I didn't have any original characters. So I did like Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro as Batman and Robin. Like, stop eating, you fat bat bastard. You're like, <laughs> your belly's hanging over the bat belt. You broke the bat pole. Stop eating. And after every punchline, I stared to where they were sitting in the back of the room because Lauren Michaels was there because I needed to let them know I wasn't afraid of them. When I walked off stage in this direction, I passed them, which means I just stared down like a real estate broker from Long Island my entire set. The guy must have been like, why is Jay Moore sweating me after every choke? He's looking at me and my wife. Is he a swinger? What's going on? But I thought I was looking at Lauren Michaels and everybody. Oh. I stared at some, they were on the other side of the room. I just miscalculated. But then I, uh, when I was done with my set, I knew it went well. I had like an Arsenio Hall impression, Andrew McCarthy impression. It was really weird stuff. And then I was out on the sidewalk talking to my roommate. And then Lauren went into a, a limousine. And he goes, you were really great. You were really, really great. We'll talk soon. And I was like, all right. And just out of sight, out of mind. The next day, I was at Catawba, North Carolina, doing a college there, Catawba College. I was with Anthony Clark, and I'll wrap this up quickly for you. And Anthony Clark's a great comedian from Virginia. He's got a real goofy accent, real tall and skinny. And he's cleaning out the pool. We're at a Motel 6, not sponsored, next to the highway. Like, we are in the, mm -hmm. we are in the sticks, man. And he's got that big net, and Anthony's real skinny and, like, pasty white. And I go, buddy, I'm going to go upstairs and take a nap. He goes, all right, I'm going to go for a swim if I get all these bugs out. I go up to my room. My phone rings. And a Motel 6 in Catawba, North Carolina means one of your parents are dead. Right. They, if they yeah. found you, something's gone wrong, right? Exactly. Yeah. I go, hello. Oh, my God, hello. And it's my manager and my agent. And Barry's like, are you sitting down? I go, yeah. You got it, boss. I go, let me call you guys right back. Because it was serious. It wasn't like, yeah, it was... I'm, I'm, it's like being governor. You're always governor. Right. When you're 90, they go, hi, governor. Like, it was that legitimacy. Mm -hmm. I go down to the pool, and Anthony's still cleaning it, and I go, I just got Saturday Night Live. He goes, well, there goes that nap. 
Jeez. That's like the funniest reaction. Oh, my god. He never even looked up. He's cleaning bugs out of a pool. I just got Saturday Night Live. Well, there goes that nap. Who was your favorite cast member on the show? Chris Farley is the most beautiful man I ever met in my life. Yeah. Aside my grandfather, Maurice Ferguson. Other than him, it's Chris was beautiful, man. Beautiful. Who was your least favorite? Uh, I don't deal in those dark arts, man. <laughs> I don't deal in the poison, gotcha. brother. No, just no, you didn't. I, 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 I uh, didn't. no. They, they were all great. I mean, just a no, terrific Chris, experience. Every, every job's got. Who do who do you hate in this building? Oh boy. Don't. How about this? How about don't answer it. Start with JP. <laughs> how about you should. He's over there. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hate him. There's a, a book, The Four Agreements, and uh, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word, capital W, mm-hmm. impeccability without sin. Like your word is a sword, and one end of the sword is impeccability without sin, truth, love, and light, and the other end of the sword is gossip, mm-hmm. what if, worry, fear. So like if you and I go. I take the same college course and I'm in the class right before you. When I walk out, I go, this guy looks like a child molester. Then you sit down in the chair and for an hour and a half, you're staring at a guy that's done nothing. And you're like, oh yeah. Mm. Ooh. You're not hearing what he's trying to teach. Take that to heart. That, that's you're not hearing really what good. He's, you're not hearing what he's trying to teach you. And I've, yeah. I have poisoned you with my word mm. using the other side of the sword. Four agreements, man. Nobody's ever read it once ever. Uh, it's, be impeccable with your word. Take nothing personal. That's hard for me. It's like, well, they're talking about me. <laughs> well, how else am I supposed to take it? Uh, make no assumptions. Do your best. Make no assumptions has added a decade to my life. Huh. People go like, well, let me tell you this, man. If, you, if she gets that memo and she could go like this and then he's going to get really mad and I'm the guy that goes, maybe. Don't know what to tell you because it's not happening right now. It's false. You know, I'm a life coach, too. I'm not kidding. Actually, I'm a life coach. That is amazing. But that's not my stuff. That's the four agreements. Hey, write your number down. <laughs> you know what my thing is? Every interaction you have, if you yeah. really want to know, every interaction you have today for the rest of the day, man, A or B. A, is this positive? B, is this negative? Mm-hmm. Only two columns, right? Binary. A or B, positive or negative. A, is this the truth? Or B, is this assumption, gossip, or what if? And don't get stung by bees. Get stung by bees. Stop swatting at them. Just, just, it's like separating laundry. You separate the darks from the lights as you yeah. go. Just as you walk through the rest of your day, everybody listening, just separate it. And just, you'll be astounded at how many people, it's all fear-based. Everybody's afraid out there. People come up to you and go like, well, I know you hate when we talk about, this. like they'll just throw some emotion on you that doesn't exist. You're like, I don't hate when we talk about country music. Like what? But that's just there like, Bleh, here's my here's my moat I just dug and filled with water so you don't really see me for who I am because I'm afraid of everything. It just blew your mind, man. man he, I, just, he just read me like a book because I do that kind of stuff. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I think we all do. Yeah. That's amazing. You do it with other people. Sometimes. You don't take con- – I, I'm an intuitive. I can give you a reading right now if you want. Oh, Okay, let's do it. Ready for this, but we'll go for it. Um. You can only answer yes or no, okay? Because I don't want your answer. I don't want you to think that your answer steered me into a, like that's what there's no such thing as a psychic. Oh, let me. There's no such thing as a psychic. Psychics, psychics have presence, and they catalog what you tell them, and then they go and watch out for the number fourteen. If you ever get a fourteen, you got to come. Then you go back and see them because you saw fourteen because your flight number was fourteen eight. You know, right? 
but an intuitive is just energy stuff. And your wall is so far up right now, but there's a little kid in there that didn't get enough attention and you were underappreciated and you are still underappreciated. Oh uh, don't say anything because that I already know is right. But you as a kid, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? That's what I'm getting the most is like, where is everybody? Like, why don't wow. I partner up the way I'm watching everybody else partner up and play and hang out? I'm not even ask you yes or no because I know it's right. You were a very young referee. You were a very young parent, really. Like, yep. not, not literally, but you were a very young referee. Uh, people could come to you and go, can you believe what Jeremy did? And you were able to not go, I know I hate, like you didn't have to turn and it was you two versus Jeremy because you knew the other side was going to come to you. And uh, you were just able, and that's exhausting. And I'm sorry. Okay. Mm. And if you want to hit, if you, when I do this, people cry. Um, if I ever say the word trauma, it just means trauma. It could be a car accident. Somebody killed themselves next door. It could be worst case scenario, right. but it means like, you see this cup of water, we've established it. And I put it like, that's it. I don't go under the carpet. Okay. Do you understand me? Understood. Whatever the thing is in your life that you're in the doorway of right now, there is no wrong decision. There is no wrong decision. You are not going to circle back and go, I can't believe I'm living under a bridge because I went left instead of right. Both will be rewarding in their own way, whatever this thing is. Does this make sense to you, yes or no only? Oh, yes. Okay. Whatever you choose to do, you're going to be fine because you're talented and that kid that didn't get enough attention, and I'm not saying that like, like a fruity guy. I see, I see you, man. Like I, yeah. like we're both getting choked. Like I feel you right now. I see you. Yeah. There's a loneliness because you're happiest when other people are happy, but you keep forgetting that you're a people and you keep skipping you in that line. So when you're like, where is everybody? Everybody's over there having a good time. Yeah. Because you put them over there having a good time. Cause I do that as well. And there's a, a built in loneliness there. Yeah. You can't explain how you feel really to a lot of people. Cause it's, you're a deep, deep dude. And this like goofy stuff that you do, like, I, I, I'm not from here, so I don't know your show, but I know you got to be pretty funny. You got to hit the post. You got to be fast. All the smokescreen. There's a bluebird in that heart, man. I hear it. I hear it singing. Mm. There's a well beneath the well in you and people around you don't have it. So you can't share how you feel with people around you. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. If you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. Yeah. They're out there. Okay? Huh. This doorway you're in, this liminal time and space, like this weightlessness, just go. You're okay. I, I'm telling you. I'm looking you in your eye. You're fine. Just go. Hmm. What Bukowski wrote, what matters most is how well you walk through the fire. You're going to walk through the fire. And when you come out the other end, I've been to the future. I'm telling you, you're okay. Thank you. You just have to choose one or the other. But I'm going to tell you this. You have no boss. You have no master. You have no boss. You must work for and from your heart only. And the money will never enter the equation and you'll never worry about it. Because when you worried about it, you've always needed it. And when you've never thought about it, you've never needed it. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Air you out on the air. But um, yeah, there's it some unfairness in there that I'm not going to uncover. But. So like when I came out to Boise, I had never left the Midwest. Ever. I'm sorry. I thought I was reading him. No. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but like that, like what, you know, you're talking about walking through that doorway and like, you kind of don't know if it's going to be okay or not. And for me, like, it was like a big step to go this far away from my kids and 
you know, family, establish, you know, whatever I've established back there. Because you don't want to repeat people yeah. going so far away from you. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. was the deep down bell that you had to ring. But you're not doing what people in your family did. Mm-mm. You're pursuing your passion. And when you pursue your passion and you are fulfilled that way, you will be an incredible father more so than you are. And I'm t- you are an incredible father. But it's not like the way you were sort of out on an island. Right. It's not that at all, but that does hit that re- that hits that weird tuning fork of like this is what happened to me. You have kids, right? I have two boys. They're idiots. Four four girls, one boy. Well, then you have four smart ones and one idiot. Exactly. Boys are dumb. Boys all oh talk like boys all talk like the sun's in their eyes indoors at night. They squint like the at ten o'clock at night. You know, indoors <laughs> they're like, Daddy, can we? Uh, can we uh, tomorrow? Can we and Mateo ride our bikes? You're like, why are you guys like, the sun's not in your eyes. What are you doing? Right, yeah. And they're idiots. You can lie to a boy. Like, my son will come downstairs and go, can we watch TV? I go, we don't have a TV. And he goes, all right. And he just walks back. I'm watching TV, which is what gave him the idea. And he just goes back upstairs. Boys are dumb. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I appreciate the change of uh, topic because I got a little too deep and you're about to start crying. No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, one thing I, I teach my kids, because they struggle with me being so far away for a little while, but I think you and I have this in common. If you are if you have a passion about something, wouldn't you rather make your kids happy knowing your dad's doing what he loves and you also empower them to do the same thing when they get older? I, uh, you know, like the slalom courses in a ski, when you yeah. ski and the, they hit the flags as they go down? Mm-hmm. When people talk to me when I'm doing this, I just go, ting, ting, ting. I, there's a lot of flags in what you just said. Because you're still not okay with you being this far out. Well, no, I'm Ah, not. I know you're not. Yeah. So the solution is either every time you say goodnight, everybody, you get on an airplane, motorcycle, RV, and go see them. Mm -hmm. Or every time, every Friday, you go and come back and you run yourself. James Brown, who was on, not the guy from uh, Fox football. Yeah. The brother that did uh, Fox with Terry Bradshaw. He still does. He's amazing. Every week, he lives in D.C. Every week he flies to L.A. to do when you see him in the studio holding it down, and then he flies back to D.C. and takes care of his mom. That's his commute. Twice a week, D.C. to L.A., 14-hour day, red-eye back to D.C., no sleep, takes care of his mom, makes, back to L.A. You've never seen that guy look tired in your life. That's, that's, that's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So that's what's actually bothering you is that you haven't – maybe done that that's the that's the that's now we're down at the bottom of the well beneath the well that's what bothers you more than anything else I, I know it okay and what bothers you is you're aware of the fact you can do that but i did not see my 14 my 15 year old son for two years and when i realized i did not miss him was more sad than not seeing him when i realized i haven't thought about this kid in four days and the idea of like well if he like any parent of divorce you get in this weird thing like, oh, well, if he comes, I'm not going to be able to do, th-. like, whoa, that's a big one. Right. Like, I was going to go out with so-and-so, and we were going to go see, like, the Black Crows, but if I get my son, then I won't be able to, time out. It's normal. It's natural. Don't, I beat myself up over it into, like, depression, bad. Uh, don't. You have the ability right now to, f- to fix this, which will fix you, which will uh, elevate them. I love you, brother. Hey. Woo. Hey, I got you. Yeah. Okay. I'll never lie to you. I got yeah. you. I see you. Jeez. Okay? Never thought I'd have this conversation. I see with you. Jay Moore. <laughs> Older brothers? I have one yes younger no? brother. One younger brother. There's a yeah. dude in your life, like an older brother, 
Yeah. It's not your dad, obviously, but there's a there's an older brother figure that's like enormous around you all the time right now. Going all the way back, there's somebody you know you're taking care of. Like there's a there's a a, a guardian that's with you at all. So don't mm-hmm. yes or no only, please. And it's when you went, where are you now that I need you? Maybe it's a buddy when you were a kid that died early, but it's somebody that you went, where are you now when I need you? And the moment you said that, they're there. Nah, orange, something very orange about this mm-hmm. situation. And if it doesn't make sense, just think about it. Yes. So yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I finally did that right. Who is it? So, uh, foster dad. Um, we're good here. Yeah. You know, uh-uh. Don't share that with the listeners. He's gone now. Let me tell you something. No, he's not. No, he's not. And if you can pause, because you go real fast, your mind's super busy. It's like a beehive up there. If you can slow down, if you meditate a little bit, med- people think meditate's like hippy-dippy. Praying's when you talk to God. Meditation's when you listen to God. If you can just be still, when you hit traffic and don't put any music on, just sit there and be still in traffic. You're going to be aware of how much and often he's always around you. Yeah. That's why you're not injured. That's not what... All the scrapes you've gotten out of. Just him going, oh, 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 oh. okay, do that for me, please. Because there's will. a lot of love there for you to tap. That's a faucet you haven't even touched. Hey. I got to go back to my hotel and watch Pornhub. Yeah. Can we be done with this cool stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Jay Moore, everybody.